It's New Year's Eve 2021. Texas Tech basketball is rolling heading into conference play. Tech football is still riding the high of winning the Liberty Bowl, and everyone is looking forward to an outstanding 2022 year for Texas Tech athletics. You are locked on Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Emery Lida, longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. I'm going solo today, but don't worry, Ryan will be back next week. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Today, I'm going to cover Texas Tech's most recent basketball game against Alabama State, look at the Big 12 and how they shape up coming into basketball conference play, and lastly, I'll take a look at the 2021 year in Texas Tech athletics, which was very successful, if a little bit dramatic and had a little bit of turmoil, but that's okay because ultimately it was a good year and I cannot wait to cover that. But first, let's take a look at the Alabama State basketball game on Tuesday, which ended up being a 75 to 53 victory for Tech. The game was kind of close at points, which was sort of to be expected considering Tech had not played basketball in over a week due to the Christmas break. Guys were just coming back from spending time with their family and being away from the team. So it's kind of expected that there would be a slow start and Alabama State might have a bit of advantage in terms of just being able to keep the game close. But ultimately, it still ended up being a pretty comfortable win for the good guys and wrapped up conference play, not wrapped up non-conference play in pretty easy fashion against a team that you were supposed to be. Alabama State has not been very good this year. So As expected, a 22-point victory for Tech. Davion Warren was able to lead the way with 15 points, ended up shooting 6 of 12, 2 of 7 from deep, had a really nice highlight dunk in this game, and was active on the defensive end, which we've come to expect from Warren as he's probably one of the best perimeter defenders on this team, if not on the entire Big 12 conference. Beyond Warren, you had a nice game from Kevin McCullough and Adonis Arms. They each had 11 points. McCuller ended up with seven assists, which I believe was a season high for him. Arms had five assists. Both of those guys had really nice games as playmakers, and that's something that you're going to be looking for heading into conference play because against Gonzaga, for example, both guys were kind of shaky in that role. So to have them be able to put points up pretty effectively, even though Arms' three-point shot wasn't falling, he still managed to have a relatively efficient game. And for McCuller, being able to put up the points will also being an efficient playmaker is something that we've seen him struggle with at times this year as his efficiency has been up and down and certainly his playmaking has come and gone at points. Beyond those top three guys, also a huge game from Clarence Sedonley had eight points, which is a season high for him by a long shot offensively, hit a three-pointer, was able to get to the rim a couple times, and also ended up with five assists. I think this was probably the best half-court game that he's played in his entire career offensively. You're talking about a guy that has struggled to find a role. He's not really a positive shooter. His ball handling can leave a lot to be desired at points. He can be a bit reckless. But in this game, he was pretty much able to put it all together. He hit hit the spot-up three, 
his ball handling was much more composed than we've seen in the past. He only had one turnover. And even then, that was more of a passing turnover as opposed to a live ball turnover. And he really just played a mature game in the half court. And that's something we've been waiting to see from Nadomi because his defense is going to keep him on the court at all times. Being able to score points and be efficient as a playmaker is what's going to get him even more minutes and makes him more valuable to this team because you can't bench his defense. But if he's bringing you offense, he can be an integral part of the rotation coming into conference play. And seeing that he played 24 minutes after playing 29 against Gonzaga, I expect that we will see him being an integral part of the rotation going forward. So beyond the offensive impact of those guys, guys like Daniel Bacho had nice games. It was a rough game for Kevin O'Banner, who went 0 of 5 from 3. And really, we didn't see much of him in the second part of the first half. We saw down the stretch, Sadar Calhoun was able to get a few minutes and hit a couple threes. K.J. Allen got some minutes, like we've mentioned in the past on this podcast. I would be surprised if he ends up in the rotation. But it was nice to see him get some run. Chibuzo Agbo had a really nice game defensively, but the offense still continues to struggle a little bit. As a Buzo fan, I am hopeful that he's able to turn it around and get some good offensive production because I know the talent's there. And I'm sure at some point in the season, Tech's going to need a guy like him to stretch the floor and be able to hit those off-ball jump shots. But... Right now, we're not quite there yet, and it's looking like he won't be in the rotation. But regardless, still a very good team effort in this game. And even though the score wasn't quite as lopsided as I think some people expected, it was still a game that Tech can hang their hat on. You're talking about a 22-point victory in a game that was very sluggish at points, didn't really shoot the three-pointers well. You had 18 turnovers, which is not ideal in this sort of game. But at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, it's coming back from Christmas break. Guys had not really practiced together a whole lot since the Gonzaga game and since the Eastern Washington game. So it's to be expected that you would have some struggles in that sense. But still, also had 19 assists in this game, which, if I'm remembering correctly, if it's not a season high, it's certainly the highest assist percentage all years. They've only had they only made 29 baskets, so that's over 60% of the made field goals being assisted, which is really good to see out of a team that at times has struggled to have good ball movement. And beyond that, a team that racked up 15 steals and no one had more than three. So it was a team effort defensively. You had a lot of guys being disruptive. Tech ran some full court and half court press in this game, which is something that we haven't seen a lot of lately. We saw it some early on in the season, but it's something that I'm excited to see Mark Adams bring to the table coming into conference play because this team has the ability to run press defense and really give teams fits just because of the length that they have out on the perimeter and the amount of guys that they can run at you that are positive perimeter defenders. So to see them rack up 15 steals and make life difficult for Alabama State in the half court, it was really nice to see. And it's something that I think that I can really look at going forward as an avenue to stop some of the teams with better ball handlers in this conference such as Baylor, Texas, Kansas, those teams all have guys that are dependable ball handlers that maybe putting pressure on them and forcing them to make difficult reads and plays could be a good avenue to go towards. And then finally, looking at this game, one thing I wanted to point out is just how dominant Tech was still able to be in the paint and on the boards. I believe they outscored Alabama State 36 to 8 in the paint which continues a trend against these lower-level teams. They have just absolutely massacred teams in the paint. So many of Tech's field goals are coming right inside the restricted area, and you're seeing a lot of really efficient sets offensively to get guys like Bryson Williams 
Daniel Bacho, Kevin O'Banner to some degree, good looks underneath. And I'm not sure if that's going to translate well. We've seen William struggle immensely in the half court against better teams, but it's something to look at going forward as if Tech can continue that sort of dominance, even to a lesser degree against teams like TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State, you could look at a team and Tech that's able to really just control the game on the inside. And against those teams that might not match up quite as well, that's going to be a really good strategy. And that wraps up non-conference play. Tech ended up number 23 in Bartovic's T-rank, number 20 in Kim Palm, went 10-2 and in non-conference play. You picked up a Q win, Q1 win over Tennessee. The two losses to Providence and Gonzaga look even better by the day as we see Providence continue racking up wins against teams like Seton Hall. And it was a good non-conference. You learned a lot about this team. I think there's obviously things to improve on in shooting and ball handling, maybe shore up the defensive rotations a little bit, but there's a lot to like as well. And you're right in the hunt coming into Big 12 play, which is what I'm going to look at coming up next as we take a look at the rest of the Big 12 and some of the shootouts that are going to happen and just taking a look at some of the front runners in the conference. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already used NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head over to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehension college football playoff preview began last Friday. Welcome back to Locked On Texas Tech. We're taking a look at the Big 12 basketball preview. And coming into Big 12 play, this conference looks absolutely stacked. You're talking about number one Baylor. You've got Kansas, who is a preseason favorite. Texas with Chris Beard that might be imploding at the moment, but still has a lot of talent on that team. You've got our very own Texas Tech Red Raiders. You've got the shock of the country in Iowa State, who is still undefeated heading into tomorrow's matchup against Baylor. You've got Porter Moser's Oklahoma team, which looks very good so far. You've got perennial mid-pack teams in Oklahoma State and West Virginia that look competitive as ever. And then you've got TCU and Kansas State, who are look like the clear bottom tier in the Big 12, but they're still teams that could get, give anyone fits on the right night. So going into conference play, Tech looks like they're right in the thick of things in the conference. They're right around where Texas and Iowa State are from an efficiency standpoint, as well as Oklahoma. And as of now, you look at this Texas Tech team and people predicted them to finish anywhere between fourth and seventh in the Big 12 coming into the season. And I think that's about where they're setting up to be. 
Obviously, you've got Baylor and Kansas who have established themselves as the top teams in the Big 12 so far. Baylor especially has come out guns blazing after their national championship. Started the season undefeated. They look really, really good so far, especially on the defensive side of things. Kansas is another team. They suffered one loss early in the season, but they're still absolutely rolling. They've had a number of Q1 wins at this point, especially over Michigan State to start off the season. You've got Texas, which had losses to Gonzaga and Seton Hall. But other than that, they've still been able to come up and put together a nice resume to start the season. So those are some of the teams at the beginning of the year that were established front runners. And then you add an Iowa State to the mix, who already has, I believe, four or five Q1 wins so far. Probably one of the best resumes in the entire nation. They've yet to lose a game after winning only two games last season. And there's really not much to say about them other than just wow. It's just incredible to see the turnaround that they've been able to do. They went from not winning a single game in the 2021 calendar year going into this season to not losing a single game heading into 2022, looking at the 2021 side of the 2021-2022 season. So that turnaround's incredible. But Texas Tech, you could fit them anywhere between Texas and Iowa State, in my opinion. I think they're right around where those two teams are efficiency-wise. Certainly, Tech would have liked to have the Providence and the Gonzaga games back because both were games that were within their reach. But if you look at the numbers, Tech, like I mentioned earlier, comes out 20th in Bartovic, or 23rd in Bartovic, 20th in Ken Palm, and Texas is right around there. Iowa State's actually behind in both. They're 38th in Bartovic, and Despite all that, you look at this and it seems like Tech's kind of gone under the radar nationally. And I mean, I don't really blame the national pundits because Baylor's obviously come out extremely well. They're the number one team in the nation for the reason. You've got the rest of the top half of the conference all has bigger storylines than what Tech has, in my opinion. You've got Kansas as a really stacked team. Oshaya Baji's off to a really nice start this season. They've got Christian Brown playing as well as ever. You've got Texas with Chris Beard and all the drama that comes around that. Then you've got teams with new coaches that are notable, like Oklahoma and Iowa State, that have been off to fast starts. So Tech has kind of gotten lost in the mud, but they're right in the thick of things in this conference. Defensively, it's going to be another excellent year within the conference. Baylor's off to a nice start. You've got Kansas as a lot of them. Texas leads the country in turnovers force. Oklahoma under Moster's playing good. Iowa State has been really very well balanced. They've had games that they've been able to win with their offense and then games where they absolutely shut the other team down, like against Memphis earlier in the season. So as a whole, the conference continues to have a real defensive identity, but offensively, you've still got teams like Baylor and Iowa State and Oklahoma that are very efficient so far. So we go into the season and it kicks off tomorrow with Iowa State playing Baylor. That's the headliner game. It's a critical game, battle of the unbeaten so far. Baylor's the number one team in the country. Iowa State's the shock of the country. So two teams that really have a lot going for them. And it's going to be interesting to watch. You would have to favor Baylor so far to be both a favorite in this game and in the conference. But anything can happen. Iowa State's already shocked the country a number of times, and they can do it again. Key matchup here is I'm going to be really intrigued to see how Iowa State can handle Baylor's guards. I mean, you've got guys from Matthew Mayer to Adam Flagler and really LJ Cryer, anyone in between, all of those guys can handle the ball effectively. It's a lot like last year, even without Davion Mitchell and then Jared Butler and 
Macy Oteague, without those three guys, you've still got a stacked Baylor backcourt. So how Iowa State's able to handle that, to me, that's going to be the story of tomorrow. Additionally, Texas Tech will face the Iowa State team next week as their Big 12 conference opener because the Oklahoma State game got canceled. And so the first three games for Tech in conference play are going to be Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas. So you're probably going to get three of the highest-ranked teams in the Big 12 as your first three games. And you could go come out of that stretch as 0-3 and, and still feel good about your team, as strange as that sounds. I'm hoping Tech is going to be able to pull out one of those games. We'll see how that ends up. But certainly for me, Baylor and Kansas look like they're going to be the cream of the conference so far. I have Tech finishing third right here. I think Iowa State's had a lot of positive variance on their end this year. And I think Texas looks like they might implode a little bit. And even if they do happen to lose a couple guys, they're still going to be in the top half of the conference. But I have nothing to suggest that Tech can't keep up with those guys. And I figure that Mark Adams is going to be able to pull out a couple of games that gives them that third place in the conference. Behind them, I'll go with Iowa State and Texas. Oklahoma is going to be in that mix as well. I have them right around that fifth or sixth mark, but I'll take them to finish sixth. And then Oklahoma State, West Virginia, TCU, and Kansas State are going to be the bottom four teams in the conference. Oklahoma State has had some rough losses so far, despite looking pretty good at times. So they're probably the team with the biggest mismatch in terms of resume to strength of the team. I think their three-point shooting has been awful this year, only about 28%. But if they can get things figured out, they'll be a team to watch. But as of now, I can't place them higher than seventh. West Virginia, we've got Taz Sherman, who's looked pretty good. But aside from that, it's just kind of been a quiet 11-1 start so far. And they really haven't played anyone of note and gone to the point where you would say that they're going to be a front runner. So they're eighth, but they could easily end up being fourth or fifth. It's really tight in that mid-pack. I mean, you've got five teams between between the ranks of 17th and 46th and T ranks so far this season. So that could all change in a hurry. And I think that West Virginia is kind of the last of those teams, in my opinion, but we'll see how it ends up. And then TCU and Kansas State lagging a bit behind, but I think both are going to be able to get some conference wins this year and shock some of the teams in the top half of the conference. So that's the conference predictions. I think Tech has a good shot to finish in the top four in the conference. I've got them finishing third. Is that a little bit homerish? We'll find out. But overall, it's set, shaping up to be an exciting 2022 season of Texas Tech basketball and Big 12 basketball. But regardless of that, we still have to look back on what was an outstanding 2021 year in Texas Tech athletics, especially with the basketball program, with the football program, and with a lot of the Olympic sports that achieved a lot of success throughout the season. Tomorrow brings a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution, whatever they, that might be, because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or even taste like a chemical spill, you might want to eat healthy, but it, over time, it just gets so boring. By like week three, you're probably thinking, wow, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Where's the flavor? But Built Bar can help on both fronts as they're covered with 100% real chocolate, only contain 130 calories and four grams of sugar, and they have so many different flavors from, for, you to, for you to choose from. Whether it be coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, or even my favorite mint brownie, there are so many flavors to choose from and they're constantly coming out with more. 
So check out Built.com to see what new flavors are out there. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Texas Tech Athletics had a really good 2021 year when you look back at it. Even though you had some bad things go on, obviously Chris Beard leaving for Austin is not something that we want to talk about. You don't want to talk about Matt Wells getting fired. Those things didn't go so well. But as a whole, you still had a lot of success throughout throughout the athletic department this year. You ended up in the NCAA tournament yet again in basketball and look well poised to do it again this season. In football, you made your first bowl game in four years and one said bowl game for the first time since 2013. Had a winning record for the first time since 2015. Ended up with a lot of promise and a lot of young talent coming back. Ended up hiring Joey McGuire, brought in Zach Kitley. Everything's looking up for the football program. Obviously, in basketball, you have Mark Adams now. You have a lot of talent on this roster. You're bringing in a stacked recruiting class for next year. So let's look up in the basketball program. In the baseball season, it looks like Tech is going to be in contender for the College World Series yet again. This may be being the best Texas Tech baseball team of all time. And then beyond that, you've got so many different success stories in the Olympic sports and so many different facilities coming in just so much money and support is being brought into the tech athletic program every year and 2021 saw some great donations some great success on and off the field and man it was such a good year to look back on even when you have those lowlights that we talked about but if you just want to look at some of the best moments outside of the reflections on just how well the programs are doing you just have to look at some of the individual games the basketball win over UT and Austin with Mac McClung hitting a game winner, possibly one of the most memorable shots in Texas Tech basketball history, and it happened in 2021. The Liberty Bowl victory just a couple of days ago, that's something that happened in 2021 that was absolutely incredible. Probably one of the top five bowl wins in Tech history. Hiring Joey McGuire, the way it's been able to unite the football program and the fan base is incredible. I mean, you would expect Tech to have lost players in the transfer portal, have fans complaining about the hire, but yet everyone around the program is just raving and buzzing about what McGuire can do. And things are looking up for the first time in a while in football. Then beyond that, you have some of the lesser known stories. You have a win over number nine Baylor in volleyball. One of the first major wins that Tech volleyball has had in years. And they look so good doing it. And this year they were able to make the tournament, able to look extremely good doing it. And things are looking up under Coach Greystone. And then possibly one of the most overlooked stories of the year for Tech Athletics was winning the Albuquerque Regional in men's golf. And it looks like men's golf could be poised for a potential national championship. Things just fell through in the national round. They still finished 11th overall. But, man, that regional victory in golf was something that was probably one of the highlights of Tech Athletics in the last few years. And things are really looking up for that program. They've started off the season well so far in the 2020, 2021 portion, and I'm excited to see what they can do in 2022. And that's the thing. There are so many different things to look forward to in 2022. You look at football, obviously, Joe McGuire, Zach Kitt, Lee Tim Durier coming in. You've got a lot of talent on board. In basketball, Mark Adams heads into league play with everything to play for, as I mentioned in the last segment. And you've got just such a talented team behind him. On the recruiting trail, they continue to get wins. With Lamar Washington committing last week, you've got Yoan Troyo potentially committing. You've got Jalen Tyson coming to town to visit. That's going to be exciting. 
got just so much, so many things to look forward to in basketball. And then you get into baseball, the perennial powerhouse that is baseball. Tim Tadlock continues to build a national dynasty. Is this the year that Tech's able to win in Omaha? I certainly hope so. That would be a spectacular addition to the 2022 year and something I'm really looking forward to seeing if it ends up happening. And then you've got all of the other sports out there. Both golf programs look very good. The track and field program has a national championship under their name now and continues to stand out under the other Coach Kibley, the senior Coach Kibley. Then beyond that, you've got even more programs. The tennis programs continue to be good. Really just everything is looking up for tech athletics. And 2022 could be the best year of them all. Football looks like it is back on the come up. You've got basketball, another tournament appearance. Looks like it could end up happening. Maybe you see another Sweet 16 run. That's the goal for me this year. That's something that I would really be happy with. And then individually, you've got so many athletes that are talented going through your program. In 2021, we saw Eric Ezukama last off. We saw Mac McClum come to Lubbock and in his one year make a lot of impact. We saw TJ Shannon continue to build off of his development and turn into a real superstar player. And then on pretty much every front, you had athletes all over the place making names for themselves. Donovan Smith in football. Vivian Gray continues to make a real name for himself, herself in women's basketball. So there's so many different talented athletes in tech athletics. I think it's a time to reflect on just how good 2021 went for them and the teams in general. And also look ahead to 2022 and figure out what sort of names are we going to see that pop off in tech athletics. Some of them might be predictable. We might see Kevin McCullough continue to establish himself as a premier basketball player in tech basketball history. Same thing with TJ Shannon. We might see Donovan Smith continue to emerge as a starting quarterback. But athletics is full of surprises as well. We might see new names come to the front in 2022. New recruits come on board and make an immediate impact. We'll see. But regardless, 2021 was an outstanding year, and 2022 could be even better. But we'll be back next week for the start of 2022, our first podcast. Both Ryan and I will be on in 2022. Looking forward to seeing what Tech Athletics can do. We'll get started with the Big 12 conference season for Tech, recap a couple of things that happened in the conference over the weekend. And beyond that, we'll be looking forward to just looking at a 2022 that could be the best ever for Texas Tech Athletics. But if you want to continue to see that, you can follow us. For me, it's at Eraser41 on Twitter. You can follow the podcast page at Locked On TTU. You can follow Ryan, Ryan at RMainville LBK. And in general, you can just continue to follow, review, and sub to our feeds. We're so grateful for all the support that you guys give us every day as we continue to upload on this podcast and continue to grow our network. And we're excited to see what's coming next for Locked On TTU and for Texas Tech Athletics in general. So thank you for watching Locked On Texas Tech and making it your first listen every day. And make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week for the start of 2022.